prophets, religions and books. Islam During the Middle Ages, when Christianity was at its peak, the great scholars of medicine were only to be found among the Muslims. Europeans used to come to Andalusia to receive an education in medicine. Those who discovered a vaccine to procure an immunity from smallpox were Muslim Turks. Jenna, who learned the vaccine from the Turks, took it to Europe in 1211 or 1796 and was unjustly titled the discoverer of the smallpox vaccine. In those days, Europe was a continent of cruelty and various diseases were annihilating the people. The King of France, Louis XV, died of smallpox in 1774. Plague and cholera played havoc in Europe for a long time. When Napoleon first besieged the fortress of Acre in 1212 or 1798, Plague erupted among his army and being quite helpless against it, he had to beg for help from the Muslim Turks, his enemies. It is written in a French book of that time as follows. The Turks sent their doctors, accepting our request. They wore extremely clean clothes and had luminous faces. First they prayed and then at length washed their hands with plenty of soap and water. They incised buboes formed on the patients' bodies with lancets, caused the pus formed in them to flow out, and then washed the wounds neatly. Later, placing the patients in separate rooms, they instructed the healthy ones to stay away from them. They burned the patients' clothes and dressed them in new clothes. Finally, they washed their hands again, burned aloe wood at the places where the diseased ones had been, prayed again and left us, refusing all our offers in the name of payment and gift. This means to say that Westerners, who were helpless against diseases until two centuries ago, learned today's medicine only by reading, experimenting and working as it is dictated in the Quran al-Karim. As for spiritual cleanliness, certainly a Muslim should have a very high morality and gentility. Islam is morality and nobility in its entirety. The degree of goodness, justice and generosity which Islam commands to be applied to enemies as well as to friends is amazingly high. The events over the last 13 centuries have shown this fact very clearly to Islam's adversaries. Of the innumerable proofs, we shall relate one which stands out. As written in one of the 200-year-old court records in the archives of the Bursa Museum, Muslims built a mosque on some land near the Jewish quarter in Altapamak. The Jews claimed ownership of the land and said that the Muslims could not build a mosque there. The dispute became a matter for a court of law. After the hearing, the court decided that the area belonged to the Jews, that the mosque was to be destroyed and that the land was to be given back to the Jews. The decision was executed. Indeed, great justice. Our Prophet ﷺ declared, I have been sent down to perfect virtue and to spread beautiful morals over the world. 
Another hadith states, Among you, the ones with a perfect morality are the ones with an elevated faith. Therefore, even faith is measured by morality. Spiritual purity is essential for a Muslim. A person who lies, who cheats, deceives others, who is cruel, unjust, who shirks from helping his co-religionists, who assumes superiority, who thinks only of his advantages, is not a true Muslim, no matter how much he worships. The exalted meaning of the first three verses in chapter or surah Maun is, O oh, my messenger, have you seen someone who denies the judgment, puts the orphan aside with harshness, does not give their rights and does not encourage others to feed the needy? The worships of such people are not accepted. In Islam, keeping away from the prohibitions or harams takes precedence over doing the commandments or fards. A true Muslim is, first of all, a perfect and mature person. He has a smiling face. He is a honey-tongued man who tells the truth. He never knows what it is to be angry. Rasulullah Hadrat Muhammad declared, The person given mildness is the one endowed with the goodness of this world and the hereafter. A Muslim is extremely modest. He listens to everyone who consults him and helps them as far as possible. A Muslim is dignified and polite. He loves his family and his country. Our Prophet declares, Your love of country originates from your faith. That is why when the government fights against aggressors, a Muslim does his military service willingly. It says as follows in a work written by a German priest in 1560, which has been mentioned above. Now I have understood why the Muslim Turks overcame us in all our expeditions. Whenever there is a holy war here, the Muslims immediately take up their arms, fight and die willingly for the sake of their country and religion. They believe that those who die in a holy war will go to paradise. In contrast, in our country, when there is a likelihood of war, everyone looks for a hiding place, lest they should be enrolled in the army. And those who are recruited by force fight reluctantly. How Allah Ta'ala likes his slaves to be is explained very well in the Quran Al-Karim. The exalted meanings of verses 63 to 69 in chapter Furqan are the virtuous slaves of the Rahman, Allah Ta'ala, who has much compassion for his slaves, walk on the earth modestly and with dignity. When ignorant people try to annoy them, they respond with kind words, such as peace and safety be on you. They spend the night standing and prostrating, performing namaz before their Lord. They offer their thanks and praise to Him. They entreat Allah, O oh my Allah, take the hell torment away from us. Indeed, His torment is eternal and bitter, and that place is no doubt an evil and horrible residence.
in their spending. They are neither prodigal nor miserly. They follow a moderate way between these two extremes. And they do not deduct from anyone's rights. They do not attribute partners to Allah. They do not kill anyone, which is prohibited by Allah. They only punish the guilty. They do not commit fornication. In verses 72 to 74 of the same chapter, those virtuous human slaves whom Allah Ta'ala likes, they do not bear false witness. They abstain from things useless and harmful. If they are accidentally involved in something useless or which can be done with great difficulty, they pass by in a dignified manner. They do not turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to the revelations of their Lord when they are reminded of them. They implore, saying, O oh my Allah, bestow such wives and children as may be a source of comfort to our eyes. Make us examples for those who fear you. Moreover, the sacred meaning of the second and third ayats or verses in Surah or chapter Saf, believers, Why do you profess what you never did? Allah feels a strong distaste for you when you say something you cannot practice. Shows that a person's vowing or promising what he cannot perform makes him a bad person in Allah Ta'ala's view. Music